This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. When you talk about Ruth and Maris and Mantle and all these Yankees greats that there's so many great things in this game you know you know you never imagine as a kid getting mentioned with them but it's an incredible honor you know something i don't take lightly at all we're not done we still got a couple games left in this season and hopefully a couple more wins come with them big night for aaron judge of the yankees he hit the babe ruther tied babe ruth's uh, record of 60 home runs in a season uh, roger maris hit 61 and that's what he's chasing now he's got 14 mm. games left to get oh, to 61. Dude. He's getting to 70. 70 is the, the all-time home run record for the league. Very doable. Yeah. He's just got to hit one a game, basically. No, not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, if you get two in a couple of those games, happens, then you're, yeah. you're laughing, right? Bobachek got three like a couple weeks ago. It could happen. It happened in the seventh inning against the Pirates, and the home run uh, sparked a rally. And that ended with a Stanton walk-off grand slam. Yankees 9, Pirates 8. An exciting game for fans, especially the guys, the young guys, who caught the 60th home run ball. Now, that's, that's a piece of memorabilia right there. Oh, huge. The, the Babe Ruth tying ball from uh-huh. Aaron Judge. How much did they get for it? What did they get for it? What would you want if you caught that ball, Jim? Okay, because I would want $100,000, but they're never going to give you that. They're going to have to give you stuff like in kind. So I'm going to guess season's tickets, meeting with the players, and a bunch of signed stuff. The group of kids that caught Aaron Judge's ball didn't ask for anything in return because, quote, he's given so much to the organization. Idiots. Absolute idiots. They got autographed baseballs and bats. You blew it, guys. You absolutely blew it. Morons. I forget forget what happened, but there was another very um, collectible football that just happened, and somebody gave it back. It was the Tom Brady football, right? It must have been. He gave it back, and everybody, including former and current players, said, do not give that ball back like that. It's your ball. Milk it for all its worth. then Brady came back around, and maybe the same thing will happen here when when Aaron Judge finds out that these kids gave the ball back for for nothing, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brady came back and gave the guy a Bitcoin, remember? Yeah, (laughs) that was cool. It was like 50 grand. I hope he cashed out back then. I think it was like 80 grand back (laughs) then when he gave it to him. So that would be nice, but... If you so catch naive. one of these balls, do not, out of the goodness of your heart, at least sleep on it. Say, you know what? Here's my phone number. Yeah. Call me tomorrow, and we'll discuss what I need to let this ball go. And if Aaron Judge was uh, one of the little league home run kids, <laughs> you know, then you have a sore spot for his for him. But like, the come guy on. is in a contract negotiation year. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, has said that he wouldn't be shocked to see Aaron Judge sign a contract worth three hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, and when that ball goes in the crowd, that's the crowd's ball. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, I hope these guys were tossing and turning last night thinking about their decision. He's given so much to the organization. (laughs) They needed it. The Yankees, finally. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Celebrities, they're just like us. 
Adam Levine from Maroon 5 had a, an alleged affair on his wife and then asked his mistress if she'd be okay with him naming his next child after her. Who hasn't done that? What? The child with his wife that yes. he's cheating on? So Adam Levine was apparently having an affair. She's claiming that they were having an affair. Sumner Stroh is her name. Here she is. Looks, yeah, good-looking lady. He was having an affair with her and then sent her a message at some point saying that his wife was pregnant and would she mind if they named their kid Sumner? I'm not kidding, he says in the alleged message. Now, he has denied having an affair, an affair, but he does say that he maybe has been flirtier than he should be in messaging other women. Huh. <laughs> okay. That is pretty flirty. Uh, uh, does she have evidence that they ever hooked up other than these texts? I crossed a line during a regrettable period in my life. I used poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I've taken proactive steps to remedy this with my family. They probably are going to be pretty big steps. Also going to have to come up with a new name for your kid. Tough. I'm just trying to... This is the number one story on globalnews.ca right now. I'm trying to... Did he go ahead and name his kid Sumner? That'd be very dark. That'd be very weird. So, Stroh shared a screenshot of the alleged message, which reads, Okay, serious question about having another baby. If it's a boy, I really want to name it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious. Okay... She says they... she she says she was never going to tell the story to anybody, but a friend of hers was attempting to sell the story to a tabloid, so she wanted to put it out there before her friend had an opportunity to capitalize on it. That may be true, but that's also the easiest excuse ever to not be criticized for going public with it. Why wouldn't Adam Levine just name his kid Sumner and say it was after Sting? What? Gordon S- Sumner. Is, is that his name? Sting's real name, yeah. I thought his name was Sting. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> now you're going to say the edge from U2's name isn't the edge. This is okay. So if if this was just like a flirty text that it was stupid, but it shouldn't be national, international news. If he was cheating and he actually had an affair, even if it's a joke, that is a dark thing to have go public. And uh, his relationship is obviously going to be on the rocks there. That's funny. But if this is just like attention seeking behavior and her, because mi- with the Instagram models, their power is clout and getting headlines. She looks like a generic Instagram girl. So what's she going to do to stick out? Adam Levine. So you're victim blaming here, Jim. Who's the victim? The the girl who. How uh, the the victim is the wife. Yes, that's right. She, she is the victim. The the Instagram model getting famous and sleeping with a talented famous guy is not the victim because she would have known. Yes, that he was married. Unless they always go. Well, they said they were going to get a divorce or they were separated. That's the celebrity. But out. I think if they're asking if they can name their next child after you, that's a pretty good indication that. They're not getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah, the relationship is moving forward. You're just a possible homewrecker. Yeah. I'm Adam Levine, also the bad guy in this, but I feel no sympathy for these yeah. Instagram models. I hate to say it. Well, for, for this one for in this particular, one, yeah. she knew the guy was married. 
Uh, and she's got a cool name. I mean, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Somner? Is the N side? Sumner. Huh. S-U-M-N-E-R is her name. And he wanted to name, if it was a boy, he was going to name it Sumner, not if it was a girl. I mean, that would just be too rude, <laughs> right? Too close to you home. You can't name your daughter after the woman you had an affair mm-hmm. with. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You're going to notice something a little different about the Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys coming up. They are going to have a, a sponsor's name on their jerseys, which is becoming more and more prevalent. Used to be just NASCAR, right? They'd plaster names all over their their racing suits and their cars. Yeah, soccer's been doing it for at least a couple of decades, if not, I don't know, maybe 40 years at this point. Yeah, they always have one big name right across. Like the team jersey looks like just a big advertisement. Yeah, I had a Real Madrid jersey in high school and said Siemens right across the front. Nice. Not, not ideal. <laughs> Now, do you know what that company does? I, windmills? They're German, I think? I don't know. Electronics? Well, the Leafs jersey is going to have the word milk on it. Hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs announced a multi-year partnership with the Dairy Farmers of Ontario. There will be a patch on the jerseys moving forward that says milk. This this has to have been said before. This reminds me of when Dougie Gilmore wore the the cow pants back in the nineties for the milk ad. Well, did you see our pal Dougie Gilmore changed his uh, his profile picture online? I don't know if he actually made it his profile picture, but he said new profile picture, and he posted him with his cow leggings on. <laughs> Classic magazine print ad. Yeah. And that was everywhere back in the day. Oh, yeah. Dougie and his his cow pants. Yeah. I will say, like, I don't like the advertisements on the jerseys, but this is the most subtle advertisement you could imagine, because the jerseys are already blue and white, so it just simply says milk and cursive. Like, we all know, like, that milk, that milk handwriting that's on every milk jug or whatever. But I think this is just a way for the NHL to wean people on to the idea. It's like the least offensive thing because it's not in your face. It matches with the jersey. And are what are people going to get mad at milk? What about vegans, Jim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's bound to happen. The Here vegans. we go. Yeah, in milk, Toronto, yeah. Milk does need to to do some advertising because they have more competition than they ever had. Why? With all the other alternative beverages that technically you're not allowed to call milk. Oh, all like the soy beverages. Your oats, your yeah. soys, your almonds, uh-huh. your cashews, they're all getting <laughs> they're all getting milked now as True. well. It's not just the cows, right? Mm-hmm. I sorry, alternative beverage. Yes. Yes. It's like you can't call those some slices of cheese cheese. Yesterday we didn't have any cow's milk in our fridge i had to be a soy boy when i made (laughs) when i made craft dinner oh no it was not as good no dairy farmers if you're listening the soy milk it just tasted a little off yeah hmm i've never had it refuse to until they start advertising on jerseys then i'll give it a shot just simply a patch that yeah. says soy if doug gilmore <laughs> no let's say wendell clark wears soy pants then i'll i'll start drinking soy milk this is the taz and jim podcast yesterday my son opened the front door and found a surprise sitting on our front porch jim mm-hmm. mommy daddy there's a pineapple on our front porch. 
Hmm. Hmm is right. Why are you looking at me like that? Are you telling me you had nothing to do with this? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what a pineapple yes. on a front porch means? And I think you and your wife probably do too. <laughs> Hmm. I was in the backyard. My wife walked in the backyard. She's like, is there something you want to tell me? I'm like, no, what? And she held up the pineapple. She's like, this was sitting on her front porch. Hmm. Our son found it. And I said, well, I didn't put it there. Awfully suggestive uh, gift from the neighbors, I would assume. Well, this is this is what we're wondering now. Is this a gag? One of our friends, by the way, if you're, if you're not aware, if you're blissfully unaware, the pineapple is the universal sign for polyamorous or swinger. Mm -hmm. So if you're a swinger, apparently you will put pineapple on your front porch, whether it's a a decoration or you'll put an an actual pineapple on your front porch to let your neighbors know that you're open to the idea of spending some quality time together Mm -hmm. as couples. (laughs) So I... Why are you looking down? I'm listening. It wasn't you? No. Okay. I think you should cut the pineapple open. I guarantee there's a key in there. (laughs) You go up and down your neighborhood, see which door it fits in. Can you imagine? Uh, What else? You know, it's it's because it's... Two things here. One, if it's a prank, it's hilarious. Good one. If it's not... Whoever did it. If it's not a prank, thank you for the compliment. (laughs) <laughs> but no, but is it also produce delivery? Like, what if it has nothing to do with swingers at all? What if this... Like, I'm just trying to think, because it must. That's that's my instinct, too. It must be swingers. It's a joke. But what else could it possibly have ended up on your, on your front porch for? I think it's one of my friends playing a joke. Uh, I think the next possibility is it is uh, a couple in the neighborhood kind of putting some feelers out. Yeah, and be like, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it was such a joke. Hey, just hey, kidding. That was a good joke, right? <laughs> what are you guys doing next weekend? David sent us a text message, says, Hey, Taz, I also had a pineapple left on my front porch. There was a little note attached saying, You're ugly. We just want your wife. Ooh. I believe whether they wrote that down or not, that's what they always mean when it comes to swingers. Yeah, that's kind of the intent. Like, my wife is driving the average up in terms of looks in our household big time. So if I do get invited to a swingers party, I I have her to thank or blame, depending on how you look at it. Let's just say I hope they have a good, like, charcuterie board for you while you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Sit in the corner, eat some cheese and crackers, Mm. Taz. We'll be busy over here. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And this is a text message we got earlier. It says, Hey, Taz and Jim, I haven't heard you talk about the transgender Oakville High School shop teacher with the huge prosthetic breasts. Is there a reason for that? Well, kinda. I'm sort of scared to talk about it because I might say the wrong thing and get flambasted. (laughs) Flambasted. It is a touchy subject for sure. And it's a lot of it's new terminology and new kind of ways of thinking, so it's hard to talk about something. We're not experts on either. Yeah. That's, that's the other issue. However, Jim, you saw these pictures online a couple days ago, and you sent them to us, and you said, I, I don't know if this is legit. I don't, there's no uh, legitimate news source, but these pictures have surfaced online. Well, now there are news stories about this, and uh, there is an, uh, a shop teacher 
uh, like construction class mm-hmm. in Oakville, working at a high school, transgender, and the the breasts that this teacher feels uh, comfortable wearing, they're quite large. Yeah, they're. I think I would describe them as novelty breasts. Quite large and very detailed. Yes, they hang down to the belt, and the nips are protruding. They're very large. Like, the breasts themselves are like, what? If it was just a trans teacher, I would never take a picture. But it looked, I, when I sent it to you, I said, I, can't, I refuse to believe this is real because it was so out of the ordinary. And it just seemed bizarre. Well, the, the nipples to me is the, the part that I don't understand. Like, if anybody was showing up, any teacher was showing up, and you had a body part, uh, a private part that was visible through their clothing, you'd think that there'd be a discussion about that. I, I know gym teachers notorious, notoriously um, have a reputation for wearing shorts that are too short. Oh, yeah. We had a math teacher who also would do the long distance running. He would be the coach for the track team. Mr. DeWeaver. Always wore the shorter shorts. Great dude. Great math teacher. Ball huggers. Boy, oh boy. If that thing was... If you could visibly see an outline of anything, I think he would have been talked to. You know, you would think. Yeah. It's just even in any workplace, I think it would be a slight distraction, let alone a high school. Well, especially when they're they're prosthetic, you'd think there would be an option or some way that you could make the nipples non-visible through the sweater. Can't you put the pasties over them? Something. I don't know. Something. Again, we're not experts on this on this subject by any means. But you think about the dress codes at high schools, and if you're a, a teenage girl, there's a lot of restrictions as to what you can and can't wear, what can and can't be visible. So why wouldn't that apply to every teacher, whether they're, they're transgender or not? And not to be a stickler, but I also feel like it's a bit of an OSHA violation as well. Dude, if those <laughs> breasts get caught in the miter saw, oh, yeah. that could lead to some serious injuries. It's just not safe. You don't need the teacher getting sucked into the wood planer by the areola, that's no! for sure. And boy, it's a hazard. I'm telling you. They're out there. We are talking about the Oakville transgender shop teacher. Images have gone viral of the shop teacher who wears large prosthetic breasts to teach every day that uh, feature nipples that are visible through her clothing. Um, and when I say visible, like pretty, pretty darn noticeable. It's the first thing you see. And it's hard to find shirts to fit that. We've got a, a bunch of messages that have come in. Again, this is not our area of expertise, so we're happy to hear different points of view. Uh, this one says, Taz and Jim, as a female teacher with larger breasts, I make a point to be sure I don't have any cleavage when I go into the classroom. Could be distracting. Yeah. Um Guys, you compared what teachers are wearing to the dress code for students. There is no dress code in public or high schools. That's not true, Jim. You looked this up. The Halton District School Board does have a dress code for students. Yeah, actually, there's a PDF on the school board website. It says uh, dress code must be posted. Or sorry, dress code must prevent students from wearing clothing that exposes or makes visible genitals and nipples. So it's right there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it, doesn't every school have a 
Dress code, like to say, there's no dress code in the school. I, our high school certainly did. Yeah, did yours not? My high school did. Now the high school I went to is full uniforms, I believe, for the students. But back when I was there, it was stuff like you can't wear inappropriate t-shirts or a hat, you know, depending uh, your jeans or shorts or skirts couldn't be. Uh, they had to be a certain length. No beer shirts. Yeah, was one. Yeah. We weren't allowed to wear the beer shirts either. What a shame. It was tough because my dad worked for uh, Draft Services. He got a lot of free beer shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were giving him Bud Light shirts like crazy when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Made uh, great work shirts, though. This is, uh, thank you for this, this feedback because uh, this is the perspective we were hoping for. Hi, I'm an alumnus who is trans from OTHS. You didn't offend, but definitely I do have safety concerns for both her, the teacher, and the other students and staff because of the way she was expressing her gender. I agreed, though, that her prosthetic breasts were way too big. Boobs are heavy, real or not, and could cause some serious back pain. Also, her nipples showing is just not professional. From Rochelle from Niagara Falls working in Hamilton. She also says there's allegedly a demonstration planned for Friday at the school. Yeah, I feel like that could get out of control real quick. Might be unnecessary, but... Demonstration to support the teacher no, or against the teacher? I think against the teacher. And that's why the Halton School Board was being very vague when they were addressing the situation. I think was to kind of tamper down the fire that was happening in the right. media. Um, because the last, like, this teacher shouldn't be harassed, but they just need to have a common sense conversation about what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah, it's an issue between her and her employer, and uh, I'm sure her employer is now aware of the situation and will be dealing with it in the way they seem fit. Let's hope so. Rochelle, thank you for uh, sending us that feedback. Anytime you want to get in touch, you can text us one eight three three Taz and Jim. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Space Force. The television show, I believe, has been canceled hmm. with Steve Carell, but the actual Space Force, still a thing down there in the United States. Hmm. And this week, they have unveiled, officially released, the Space Force theme song. The fight song for the Space Force is called Semper Supra. And here it is. <laughs> Could you understand a thing they were saying there? I heard like on high and travel or something. I don't know. I heard some lyrics. Lyrics are, we're the mighty watchful eye, guardians beyond the blue, the invisible front line war fighters, brave and true. Boldly reaching into space, there's no limit to our sky, standing guard both night and day. We're space force from on high. <laughs> This is so bizarre. I mean, I know I knew eventually they're going to have to have a militarized space, but I didn't think it was going to be this cheesy. 
What's going on? It, it is very, and I get military tradition, and that does sound like a traditional Navy or Air sure. Force. You a know, marching band has to be able to play it. Marching band song. Semper Supra means always above. Sounds a lot like Semper Fi, which is the U.S. Marine Corps. It, always faithful is, is what that means. So it, it, it is very traditional, but this is the Space Force, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear some synthesizers yeah. in there. It's 2022. Like, where's the... Uh... Now this is space. <laughs> Traveling through time and space. <laughs> Defending Earth. We are Space Force. These are the adventures <laughs> of Space Force. Maybe they can do a remix, you know? Uh, oh, like Beastie Boys. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. We are Space Force. We are Space Force. <laughs> we are Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> Reese sent us a text message. Guys, I agree that Space Force song sucks. They should use this song instead. That uh, solar-powered laser beam guitars aren't more readily available. I know the right? technology exists now. <laughs> put and them with into, these carbon footprints. Put them into mass production. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. We are joined by the voice of the London Knights in London, Ontario, Mike Stubbs. How are you, Stubbs? Great. Good morning, Taz and Jim. Hey, you, you had the uh, the Knights uh, winning their first two preseason games. That's pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Now we just need the games to count. So the season is now just a little over a week away, for real, for Knights, for Bulldogs, for everybody. Yeah, kudos to the Bulldogs. They won their uh, preseason game this week. Nicely done. And we also need to give a shout-out to the London Nationals. They play on Wednesday nights. Not sure if you heard that. They play on Wednesday nights, <laughs> and their uh, home opener is tonight. So best of luck to Paul Duarte, the owner of the team, and uh, all the boys out there uh, with the London Nationals tonight. Great family entertainment. If you're in London, you want to go check that out. You uh, just go over to the Western Fairgrounds, the rink there. Okay, let's talk about P.K. Subban here, Stubbs. Uh, his career has come to an end. Why? It's pretty young to retire. What's going on with PK? Well, you know what? PK Subban is a guy who probably right now has 7,000 different things that he's able to do. And I'm interested to see where he does go next. He's somebody that we're going to look back on and we're going to thank him for a lot of different things in the game. One, go back and watch a power play that PK Subban was a part of. He will get the puck at the blue line, and he'll fire a slap shot off the body of whoever's defending him just to do it, waste a shot, just to do it so that the guy will look, and the next time he winds up, he's going to think, he's going to hit me with that thing again, isn't he? And he kind of gets out of the way. So that was a, a P.K. Subban classic. But he was somebody that just had this, 
this huge personality and hockey is not known for its huge personalities, right? Everybody's kind of, you know, keep to themselves, be humble. And he said, no, this is me. And so now when we see guys walk into the rink and it's, what are they wearing? And look, that's PK Subban. He's responsible for that kind of starting and for it to be okay for hockey players to have personalities. And if you're trying to attract young people to the game, that is absolutely key. And P.K. Subban, it's, he has such a great story. I mean, his parents were working three total jobs to keep three kids in hockey, and he was an incredible athlete growing up. But he said that he never really thought he could make the NHL until one certain thing happened. And that thing was in 2002... EA Sports put out their latest NHL game, NHL 03. And Jerome Ginla was on the cover. And PK was 13 years old. And he looked at that and said, you know what? I can. If Jerome Ginla, who is a black hockey player, can make the NHL, I can too. And that was one of those things that really pushed him in that direction. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It, it, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Nazem Kadri bringing the Stanley Cup to the mosque in London, Ontario, when he had it for the day. And there was some people who were like, oh, why, why would he bring it there? Uh, what's, what's the point of bringing it to the mosque? The point is that there's kids uh, who are Muslim that are starting out to play hockey, and now they see this is attainable. I want to be like Nazem Kadri. I want to be like P.K. Subban. You pick those idols... And if you see yourself doing it, if you see someone who looks like you doing it, maybe you can do it too. Also, like for a lot of my friends growing up, when Eminem started rapping. (laughs) (laughs) I could do that too. I could do it too. Let me go to 8 Mile. Shut up, Dad. I'm going to be a rapper. Eat some spaghetti and go and battle rap. Hey, uh, I could see PK getting into like uh, broadcasting, man. You talk about his personality. That might be a good avenue for him. Uh, We also have to talk about Chara retiring. Zdeno Chara retiring, and he's somebody that, again, has all kinds of interests. You know how many languages Zdeno Chara speaks? How many? Take a shot. Seven. Seven. You're right. Seven? No. That was a shot in the dark. Well, he's very tall. He can fit more languages in his body. (laughs) I figured it wasn't (laughs) zero. (laughs) Likely two. Do you know how many languages he speaks? None. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) But he's someone that, again, is going to be looked at as one of the best captains ever. In Absolute When he was legend. in Boston, he wanted the word rookie out of the room. Nobody's a rookie. You make this team, you're one of us. And there's a story of Zidane actually playing for the New York Islanders, where he started his career. He played for Ottawa, too, and won the Stanley Cup with Boston. But there's a story of him after a game getting on the team bus. And he was kind of a little late getting on. It takes a long time to put on your clothes after if you're six foot nine there's a lot of clothes to put on so he's a little late getting onto the bus and there's basically only one seat left and it's right near the front and there's already somebody sitting against the window and it's one of the islanders broadcasters and he's not a big guy so they sits down and kind of squishes the guy against the side of the bus against the window and the guy kind of goes oof and he says i sorry i'm so big and that was the introduction to those two <laughs> 
Now, what was the the fact I read yesterday? I know what you're going to say. You, you yeah. jerk. Well, Jim, it's I'm sure as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, you found this interesting. Why don't you take it no, away? Well, it's I mean, we can't celebrate Zdeno Chara's career. We have to know take the Leafs down a notch. I believe he is the last active NHL player who's ever lost a series to the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah. So now there is not a single active NHL player who has lost a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is unbelievable. That's wild. That is one of the wildest stats I've heard. Don't be so excited, Mike. It's not about the Leafs, okay? <laughs> this is about Zidane Chara, an incredible career. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Just talking about the sponsor that is going to appear on Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys moving forward. Toronto Maple Leafs brought to you by milk. <laughs> milk. <laughs> Love milk. Love milk. Dairy farmers got to be excited about this. Oh, big. <laughs> I had a friend who was at a uh, he was at a small town fair on the weekend. Where was it? He sent me a picture and a video. But there was some wrestling at this small town fair and there was a lot of farmers and their families <laughs> in the audience. And one of the heels like the bad guy, yeah. The bad guy at the Seaforth Fair. He was okay, at the, he was these at are my the, people. The Seaforth Fair. And there was some uh, amateur wrestling there. And the villain was named the Vegan Hipster. <laughs> that was his character. Yes. I bet they hated him. Boo! <laughs> Get out of town! The Vegan Hipster. <laughs> Farmers hate him. That's what my buddy texted me. There's a picture of the guy. I'm a little disappointed. Does it look like he has a man bun? You'd think he'd have a man bun. No. He's got his... uh... Uh, He's got the scarf slash ascot around his neck. (laughs) Here comes the vegan hipster. That's how you get... That's brilliant marketing for the the wrestler. That's so funny. (laughs) There, There used to be like... I forget which wrestling crew it was but it was like the christian family and they would protest they would show up to the wrestling thing in character and like protest the wrestlers for being inappropriate and that would get the crowd like against them too oh like the westboro baptist church like a take off of those protests but not aggressive more like the 90s like uh tipper gore type conservative like where they didn't like the body parts being shown or the sexual (laughs) stuff or you know the swearing it is so much fun man the wrestling oh it's hilarious yeah i went to the wwe a couple weeks ago with my son and we were laughing hysterically he's only five like mm-hmm. it was his first time ever being at an event like this, and we were screaming, yelling, booing. Yeah, they know how to manipulate a crowd. Those wrestlers. It's kind of like medieval times. You kind of get out whatever you put into it. Like if you're like, oh, this is fake. Well, uh, yeah, obviously they're not knights for real. But if you start cheering for the team whose crown you're wearing, you get caught up in it. Yeah, and if you're eating a hot dog in the stands, booing the vegan hipster. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.